Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Believe in your infinite potential. Your only limitations are those you set upon yourself. And that's by Roy T. Bennett from The Light in the Heart. And I want to welcome you all again to The Profitable Photographer. Today is going to be an especially helpful episode for people who are boundary challenged <laughs> and for women who struggle to see themselves as professionals beyond the mom identity or even just identity as a woman. So I have finally joined Clubhouse. I don't know what to do with it, <laughs> but if you want to follow me, please do. It's just Lucy Dumas, Lucy with an I, and I'm sure I'll start having some chat rooms or whatever they're actually called. Uh, I don't even have my bio yet as of, what is it, February 8th, but I'm sure I'll get with the program. So join me in Clubhouse if you have an iPhone. I don't know how to invite people yet. <laughs> But it does look like an interesting place to be able to connect one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting with people that you want to learn from or people, if you have some things to share, like our guest does. So let me tell you about Jenna. Jenna Henderson is, she says, a boss bitch, balance coach, <laughs> and a photographer as well, which is a wonderful combo. She has more than 15 years of experience in our industry. Her superpowers are giving women permission to feel empowered within their business journey and create life, balance, and peace. Oh, that sounds good. She believes in validating creative careers and identities other than motherhood for a woman. She's a Tennessee native, which I heard a little accent there. <laughs> and she is a wife and a mom of two young boys. So Jenna, thank you so much for being on my show. Thanks for having me, Lucy. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. So before we get started and some of your awesome thoughts and suggestions, uh, where did you start in your photography? How did you get into photography in the first place? Um, years ago, I decided I wanted to have a clicky camera. So literally a camera that made the click sound. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and I picked it up and found right away I had a knack for seeing light and a knack for working with people. And that was when I was 15. And I started my business officially um, as a 19 year old kid. So I've been working as a full time wedding and portrait photographer um, for 16 years this month. So yeah, I'm a I specialize in weddings. And then, um, and that's what I started out to focus on. And then as my brides and grooms were married for a couple of years, they started calling me back to, uh, because they'd had babies. And so I started doing babies and families and, and have lots of clients I've worked with for a decade or more. And I'm a film shooter. So I shoot 90% with film and then a little bit with digital as well. So you still have a clicky camera. I still have a clicky camera. That, yes. That, it makes quite a click. <laughs> yes. That has a reason to click rather than how they digitally put the click in just so some of us feel like that's we're right. actually using a real camera. I love that's that. right. Yeah, I had um, I had point and shoots for my junior high, high school, and early years, and then I was on vacation with a out of town boyfriend, 
and he had just purchased a clicky camera and I helped him figure out how to use it. And, and, you know, then, yeah, you know, so something about that sound and that feel of the camera in my hand that I just super love. And yes. it's what drew me to it in the first place. And I've loved it ever since. So are you using medium format then you're doing weddings and kids or Yes, I do. I shoot yeah. with a Hasselblad H1, which is an uh -huh. format film camera. And then I have a Canon EOS three, which is 35 millimeter. Um, and then I have a Canon for my digital as well. Nice. Yeah. I miss my Hasselblads for sure. And they make such a nice boom sound. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just personally couldn't see why I would stay with film if I have to have it scanned anyway, mm -hmm. when, when they stopped printing 30 by forties and 40 by sixties, right from the enlarger. So what do you see as a reason for the, the Hasselblad? Yeah. So film is just extremely dynamic. Um, and when I say dynamic, I mean, it can handle bright whites and dark shadows very easily without blowing out the detail. Um, or losing the detail in the shadows. And um, it does that without a lot of manipulation um, in Photoshop or Lightroom. And so that's what drew me to it was the look of it. Um, it was described to me once as circles versus squares. Mm -hmm. um, I think that really makes a lot of sense. It's um, with digital, you know, digital is pixel based and pixels are square. And so it's got lines and corners, even though we can't see those pixels that kind of comes through in the image sometimes, whereas film is grain based and grain is circular. And so those lines and corners kind of disappear and it kind of gives this soft buttery look to mm -hmm. the image. And so again, even though we can't see the pixels or the grain, um, it just comes through in how the image looks overall. And I'm just really drawn to that film look. And it makes me a smart shooter um, because I have limited yeah. shots per roll. And so it really makes me slow down and make sure that I'm doing my job in camera correctly because I don't have the option to just click, click, click. Um, and then um, I know it makes me think more carefully when I'm shooting because um, I don't have the luxury of looking at the back of my camera. So I have to know that I've got my exposure right, my settings right, and I don't have the crutch of that. So yeah, it makes me a really smart shooter. And then in the end, that just kind of makes my life easier. Less editing, less culling, mm -hmm. um, beautiful images. And that's what I'm here for. Yep. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I just, with the Hasselblad, as I am not as young as I used to be, I found it harder and harder to focus. And, you know, you're, yeah. you're not there yet. <laughs> I kept saying... Yeah something's wrong with this camera. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I love the Hasselblad H1 because it actually has a really awesome autofocus. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, it's, it's a newer fine. model. It's kind of a new, you know, new ish. It's mm -hmm. a relative term in the film world, but um, it's a slightly newer model. It does have really good autofocus. So what's your favorite lens then let's say for children. So I only have one lens on the camera. Um, it's an 80 millimeter 2.8 um, and it's mm -hmm. the only lens I have from a Hasselblad. So mm -hmm. it's what I'm using all the mm -hmm. time. What I loved with mine was the 120 mm -hmm. because you can do close focus and you get that compaction of, of the portrait mm -hmm. where as the 80, there's going to be a little bit of like people look a little chubbier <laughs> in it. You know, that I like that portrait lens. A lot of people use the 150, but with kids, that was too far away, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I can see the beauty of that. If I was doing what you do now, I'd have that an 80 on one camera. 
because uh-huh. of course I always have a backup and then that 120 mm-hmm. it's a beautiful beautiful lens but um but, but this isn't a technical show but I haven't yeah. talked, <laughs> talked tech in a while with anyone and um so one of the hot topics that I loved um so what I do when I'm getting ready for an interview is I ask people what their superpower is and one or and or her zone of genius and one of the things she mentioned was boundaries helping people with so let's talk about that a little you know tell me about your take on boundaries and such yeah so I think in um, a creative career and and even beyond that this past year we're a lot of people are starting to discover that when you work from home, those boundaries get blurred very easily. Um, photographers are in a creative career. We work for ourselves, but just because we happen to work from home and just because we happen to be our own bosses doesn't mean that we're not allowed the same boundaries as quote unquote regular workers or regular businesses. And when I say regular, like an example is like the dentist. We know that the dentist is only going to be open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. They may take every other Wednesday off, you know, and we can't expect to call our dentist at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night and have an answer or make an appointment for a teeth cleaning or whatever. Um, But somehow in our creative industry, in the photography industry, those lines have gotten blurred. And I think we struggle with with making those boundaries and saying, you know what, I'm not working at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. I don't have to answer your email right now Mm -hmm. Uh, because that that line is blurred. We work at home. We work for ourselves. We're constantly working. Um, There was a a phrase I saw a long time ago. It says, if you do what you love, you um, never have to work a day in your life, but it's kind of almost, if you do what you love, you kind of work all the time. Yeah. And, and so recognizing that, um, boundaries, the line for boundaries gets blurred when work and home happen all in the same place and saying, you know what, that's not going to work for me. I deserve rest. I deserve a break from work and my business won't come crashing down. If I set those boundaries for myself, I don't have to answer immediately when clients respond, I don't have to work constantly and I can still be successful. So that's kind of my take on boundaries as a whole. Okay. Um, which, so what I hear in that is time boundaries are very important. Time boundaries, energy boundaries, space, emotional boundaries, they're all super important. And like I said, this past year, I think people even beyond self-employed business owners have started to recognize how boundaries are um, so important because we've all been stuck at home working from home. And so Mm -hmm. now the line has been blurred for a lot of people. And so we have to be very proactive and intentional about putting that line back where it belongs. Right. One of the things that I'm often reminding my friends and my coaching clients, don't answer the phone in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't text in the grocery store. Have certain times now, you know, in the olden days when people had home phones, we had a business line, even working at home, I had a business number and a personal number. So the business number, of course, I answered that professionally Mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it in the grocery store, but I also didn't do it if I was tired, if I was lunchtime, right? If that phone rings, I need to know that I have absolute clarity to come across Mm -hmm. professionally and I can take notes and whatever it is I need to do. So, you know, appreciate that. This is a topic we haven't talked about yet in my show. Um, So can you define boundaries? And then I have some other 
uh, yeah. questions for you on that. Yeah. So like I mentioned, boundaries can have to do with time. They can have to do with your space, your energy, um, your emotional boundaries. It really kind of um, are defined by you and what is important to you and where the line gets blurred for you. And so for me, um, time is a big one because I'm a mom, I've got young kids. And when I'm with my kids or when I'm with my husband, I want to make sure that I'm present with them and I'm focused on them. And I can't do that if I'm working all the time. So I have to have a cutoff time for work so that I can switch modes and go into family mode. Um, space is a boundary that I think we're all kind of struggling with this year because work had to come home. And when work is in our place where we live and where we're supposed to be relaxing and restful and present with our families, but work is kind of spread out everywhere, it's important, I think, to set up a boundary and say, okay, all of this is going to get contained to this one area of my house, an office, or a certain table where I can close a curtain in front of it. Or I even built a, uh, or I didn't built it, but I turned a closet into an office in my home a couple of years ago because it was the only space that we had after our second son was born, but it was still so important to me that I had a specific separate workspace where I went into and work only happened in that space and only work happened in that space. No personal, mm. you know, mm -hmm. I didn't let the kids in. I didn't let the toys in. I didn't let any of that kind of spill over. So when I was there at work, I was fully at work and fully focused and um, fully have that clarity, like you mentioned for my clients. And then when I leave, I can do the same for my family and for myself. And the good news is we can deduct that too on our taxes. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. Define, if we're just sort of all over the place and laptop mm -hmm. doing our work in front of TV, which yes, I do that. But mm -hmm. officially I have an office. I have a conference room where I meet with clients. I have space in my garage that mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking you might be developing a garage full of negatives like I do. I keep everything. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's a nice, healthy deduction, whether you're renting or not renting. Okay. I like that. So time one, space two. So emotional. Tell me about emotional boundaries. So that's the idea that, um, you know, this is a personal business for us as photographers. Um, there's that phrase, it's not personal, it's business. But I think that's kind of false. I think with us, it is very personal. Yeah. And, um, and so we have to recognize that it's okay for us to pour ourselves into our business, but we can't let our clients um, have all of our emotional energy. We can't let them dictate our emotions and um, know when to draw the line and know when to put a boundary and say, you know what, I don't need this from you. I don't need your pressure. I don't need your judgment, whatever it may be. You know, that text that we get two days after a shoot, oh, when are my photos going to be ready? And instead of allowing that to put an emotional strain on us, stress, oh, I've got to do this fast. Oh, why or anger? Um, why are they asking or any of those kinds of things? We have to say, you know what, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm putting up that boundary and I'm going to continue running my business as I see fit. Uh, to me, one of the things I love about being self-employed, and I'm glad you're mentioning this, is that it grows us as people. Mm -hmm. And then I find like people that are people pleasers, which mm -hmm. I was quite the people pleaser mm -hmm. back in the day. I still can be, but um, I'm, I'm better with, with um, being able to know how far I'm willing to go. But for a lot of people, especially women that get in this or any self-employed creative business, it's, it's an opportunity to heal some of that. If you look at it as broken or just 
mature in how we respond to people. And then our relationships also get more fun and healthy because we aren't like, it's easy to harbor resentments mm-hmm. silently. Yes. I, it, being an assertive person, a true confession here, Jenna, sometimes I used to attract people that were not good at saying their needs. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to say, let's go to this restaurant or let's go to that. And I didn't realize they were like swallowing so much resentment because they were afraid to, mm-hmm. to carry their half of the relationships. And then the relationship would explode over some tiny little thing because, because they just couldn't keep swallowing that, but it wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing you saying, same thing with clients is the clients are going to ask us for things. It's our job to set those boundaries and say, I can do this or I can't. Then we don't resent our clients and they actually respect us more. Do you have any stories around that emotional? You know, that was my story, but coming from the other side. Well, an example of a boundary that I set for myself a long time ago was around Sundays. I noticed, um, a while ago that on Sunday afternoon, um, a lot of my clients like to schedule shoots on Sundays because they're not working, they're with their families and it's a good time. Kids aren't in school. It's an easy time for clients to have sessions. But I started to notice more and more when I had a session on a Sunday, I did not want to get up and go shoot it. I was Mm. tired. I wanted to have my Sunday afternoon nap. I -hmm. wanted to stay on the couch in pajamas. And so I started to have a little bit of that resentment, um, having to get up and go work and a little, and if I'm going into a shoot with resentment, then I'm not going to be giving the best version of myself to my clients Mm -hmm. in that shoot. And so I had to set the boundary and say, you know what, I'm not going to accept shoots on Sunday anymore. And, um, 99.9% of my clients were like, cool, no problem. Like it was not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a couple of shoots left, but once those were done on Sundays, I didn't book anymore. And there's been a rare exception, of course. Like I remember one October in particular, it just rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. And the only time that I had left, um, to reschedule people to, um, was Sundays, um, so, you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, I just have not shot on Sundays uh, and I've had my nap instead. And so um, there was one client who um, tried to push back and um, she, she said, well, uh, you know, inquired, ready to book. We, we need a Saturday or Sunday. And so I responded, well, my Saturday is reserved for weddings and I don't shoot on Sunday. You know, what? What can we do Monday through Friday? Here are some options. Well, we can't do Monday through Friday because the kids are in school. I'm like, okay, well, we can do in the evenings after school. You know, I'll work with that. You know, let me know. Oh, well, after school, this and my husband work schedule that and all this stuff. We really can only do Sunday. And I just held my boundary and stood my ground. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot do a shoot on Sunday. And, and she wanted to just be like, well, can't you just do this? And it only be that and, and all this and try to guilt me into it and try to yeah. pressure me. Into it. And I just told her, no, that's, you know, it was my policy to not shoot on Sundays and she didn't book with me. And, um, she happened to book with a colleague, an acquaintance colleague. And I've 
since heard the horror stories of how she was a um, terrible client to have. And so by setting that boundary, I saved myself from um, having to deal with a client that was not going to dis- not going to respect my boundaries. If you can't respect this one, chances are you're not going to be able to respect the rest of them. And so, yeah, that's that's a story that I can think of where it really came into to play where it, it helped a lot with my business. Yes. So did you also, because a lot of times I'll get that like gut feeling mm-hmm. when I'm talking to somebody, mm-hmm. it'll be like, uh, you know, the magic eight ball. Yeah game and and one of them says all all signs point to no yes (laughs) that's right (laughs) so my magic eight ball in in my solar plex it's like uh so did you also get that feeling and and or do you get that with other other people yeah I think we all get that feeling pretty easily. The problem I think with creative small business owners is that we ignore it because we want to book a client right. because the stakes are high and we want to get clients booked and make sure that we're hitting money goals. And so it's hard to set boundaries and stick to them because we're afraid that if we do, we're going to lose clients. Um, however, in the 12 plus years since I did that, since I set that Sunday bound Sunday boundary Mm -hmm. that was literally the only client that I've lost and so one single client over 11 years I think I can handle yeah and it was a client uh that you didn't want anyway right because let's think about if I take in this client how much worse or how much more time or money or energy or effort I may have spent or lost by taking this client on versus by not taking them on so yeah it's it's definitely worth it so what are some steps (laughs) For people who are chronic people pleasers to uh, help grow beyond that. So I think the first step is self-awareness to um, stop for a moment and say, am I being a people pleaser? And is this actually serving me? Is it actually serving my clients? Or is it just because I'm dealing with some fear here? Am I dealing with fear of failure or fear of abandonment or fear of rejection or retaliation, or maybe I'm dealing with a little bit of guilt. So starting with that self-awareness and really asking some questions, playing your own devil's advocate, I think is the first starting point because then once you know what you're dealing with, you know what to do next. Uh, So self-awareness around it and, and addressing some of those fears or emotions that you may be having. And then I think the next step is to start small. So if yeah. boundaries are something that you struggle with, um, then pick a small one. Maybe it's going to be like me and it's no shoots on Sunday, or maybe it's going to be um, airplane mode between five and 8 PM. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it's going to be, um, Oh, what's another good boundary example. Um, maybe it's going to be that you're going to not work while you watch Netflix. Um, so you can allow yourself to truly rest and relax and, mm-hmm. and refresh. So, that, so that's a time boundary kind of. Yeah, that's a time boundary. That's an energy boundary too. Energy, to say, okay. Yeah, to say, so, you know what? I need to sit on the couch for a minute and just veg out. And by doing that, by allowing yourself to truly rest and giving um, full attention to rest and relaxation and re, re um, refilling your cup, when you do go back to work and start working again, you're going to be working better, faster, stronger, smarter, because you're coming in with a full cup. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go back again to the, because I love what you said about asking if it's serving me, if you're a people pleaser, what, mm-hmm. what you're afraid of, you know, what's the worst case scenario, maybe even where did this, 
come from? Like I have a client who has a post-it note mm -hmm. that relates. I'm not going to like tell you what the note says because, you know, no, but it's a post-it she keeps that is a reminder that this isn't coming from her father. Like to always remember mm -hmm. that whatever, you know, I'm not sure exactly the mm -hmm. where and why of all of that. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, I, I still think that everything's going to be on my permanent record and I'm going to be graded for everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so sometimes I just say that I'm not being graded on this. Yeah. You know, if I'm getting self-judgmental, but so if, if a client is like pushing those boundaries, trying to get something not just about time but a discount or can you just I love that word just mm -hmm. that you brought yeah. up we just need one just yes yes um just a few minutes or something you know we don't need a consultation for me I need a phone call I need a consultation mm -hmm. I'm selling the work in person or mm -hmm. you know I have had some zoom as needed but basically and when they come in I'm not posting online right I, we are going to get together. You're going to, they're going to see the work. They're going to buy it. That's it. No, no, go home and think about it and then come mm -hmm. back later or et cetera. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things I find seem to be some of those challenges for the, the mm -hmm. people pleasing challengers that, well, it comes what am down I calling to it? people, yeah. people, people, pleasing people, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, people, anyways. Pleasers. So for those kinds of things, time, your schedule, going outside of your studio policy that you mm -hmm. know works for you, mm -hmm. how do you address those? How do you grow in that way? Well, it comes down, I think, to managing expectations mm. and to say from the get-go, this is what you can expect from me and to be very clear about it. And if you are going to allow someone to cross a boundary, um, then you're setting the expectation that once they do it once, they'll be able to do any of them. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important, I think, from the get-go to um, not let, you know, going back to the example that I gave, like if I had allowed her that to cross that boundary and book on a Sunday, what other boundaries would she have attempted to cross? Would she have tried to push me to get images done faster, to deliver more, to, do, you know, this, that, the other, who knows? Because um, it could have been any of them because I set an uh, expectation that she would be able to do that. If I said, you know, this is my policy, but I'll make an exception, then that's an expectation that I will make an exception to my policies. So managing expectations and saying, here's what you can expect from me. Right. And um, I book on, you know, these days of the week, it takes me this long to get images back. This is what you're going to get. You have to have a consultation. You're going to come in and buy, you know, all of that is managing expectations. Right. And so what I'm hearing is that you're setting up yourself in a leadership role. And when they push against it, you're leaning into, this is my business. This is how I do things. And it's for your best interest. That's right. Um, one of the many years ago, I had um, a situation with a client that was trying to get discounts and she was doing something that if people don't know, there are people out there who will love your work and tear it down to try to get a discount. Have you encountered that, Jenna? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this is wrong. That is wrong. So can you give us more? Well, truth is they love mm -hmm. them. They just want to save money. So I was working mm -hmm. with a therapist 
the time this goes way back and she had me practice saying this these are my policies when you booked me and these are still my policies mm -hmm. or this is the That's price right. when you booked me and this is still the price or this is how i shared with you that i do my sales and this is still how i do it and that has right. you know i would suggest people write that and tape it up somewhere if they have challenges mm -hmm. um yeah so i love that have you read the book the four agreements you know i've got it in my stack on my side table but i haven't gotten down that far on my stack okay. yet <laughs> well it's really short and you can just read the heading of each agreement and it's powerful Mm -hmm. There's one agreement called don't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that in this emotional quotient is something that would help people who are the people pleasing people? Yes, I do. I think so. You know, like I mentioned earlier, um, our business is so personal. And so we tend to um, internalize a lot of that. But there are so many things that factor into how someone makes a decision and very little of it actually has anything to do with us mm. and so remembering that so that we don't take things personally and and that helps with that emotional boundary i love it you and i are on the same page with this and I, you're so articulate about it so i think that's one of your superpowers for sure thank you yeah so do you want to share more about permission mindset or the career yeah. as a mom which which way do you want to go? Because I think we can go to... down the permission mindset path. That's a fun one to okay. go down. Okay. So what is that? So the permission mindset is the idea that we are allowed to do whatever we want. Ah. <laughs> and I know it sounds like a really simple concept, but I think that we forget that. I think there are so many external influences coming in. Um, we are on Instagram and we see other photographers working. We listen to podcasts and how other photographers have done things. We um, have had mentors or coaches or we, we've downloaded a course or read an article. You know, there's so many different ways of doing business and everyone has their own way of doing it. And so when we allow all those influences to come in and get jumbled, I think sometimes we forget that we are allowed to do it however we want. And it may be different from how other people are doing it. It may be weird. Uh, it may be something that nobody's ever tried before, but if it works for us, if it what brings us joy, makes us happy and helps run our business in a way that feels aligned with our values and is profitable, then I say, go for it. And that's kind of, that's the permission mindset right there in a nutshell. You have permission to run your business however you want. So what kinds of things have you done that are kind of outside of what maybe seems like the norm or yeah. risky? So one example I love to give is about sneak peeks. And I'm not here to step on anybody's toes. If you love doing sneak peeks, then good for you. Um, but I personally don't. Um, and it was something that I noticed a while ago. I would sit down after a shoot and I would go through every image trying to find the handful, two or three, you know, from a wedding, maybe 10 or 12 of the quote unquote best. And I would go through the whole wedding to pull out these. And I realized that it took the same amount of time to go through the wedding and pull out five as it did to go through and pull them all out mm. um, and so why not just pull them all out to begin with yeah. and then if i have them all pulled out if i've had all my selections the calling whatever you want to call it um and then instead of just editing five why not just edit all of them and then at that point i've got the entire thing ready to go and what's the point of a sneak peek and so it was for me to say you know what 
this is something that I see a lot of people doing and it feels like something that's quote unquote necessary or an industry standard or expected by my clients, but it just doesn't serve me. It doesn't work well with my workflow. It doesn't work well with the kind of energy I want to give to my business. And so I'm going to stop doing it. And, and I just started with that self-awareness, say, what do I want? What, what do I want to give here and rearrange it in a way that works for me? And so I no longer offer sneak peeks and I haven't in years and it saved me so much time and so much energy and and just opened up that freedom to get to back to living my life you know I think that's why a lot of us choose this creative career in the first place because we want to have that freedom to live our life we want our job to fit in around our life versus our life fitting in around our job and so um the permission mindset says I'm going to do that I'm going to make my job fit in around my life in whatever Mm -hmm. way I need to do that and so just that workflow refinement was just one small way of me to do that. Makes sense. And to me, sneak peeks are a way to leave money on the table and deflate the power of what we do, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it totally depends on your business model. Like you, um, I'm, you're doing in-person sales. And so that's definitely not going to work out for you. For somebody else, it may be a completely different business model that works differently for them. The point is that we all get to choose how we want to run our businesses and do it and yes. make it awesome for ourselves. So yeah. it, Jenna, my story that uh, people have listened diligently to the podcast, they've maybe heard this story once or twice. When I started in photography, double exposures at weddings, because Jenna, I did weddings for 12 Mm -hmm. years, and then I specialized in in babies when there were not baby Mm -hmm. photographers around, believe it or not. And Mm -hmm. it evolved into uh, more family portraits and more outdoors. Anyway, just a little background. Double exposures were popular. And I thought in order to be a wedding photographer, I had to do that. And one of them was the bride and groom with candlelight on the altar looking down at their ceremony, which probably Mm -hmm. like your mom, I'm guessing, would have been Mm -hmm. the victim of that potentially. (laughs) And I had to, I had to have, I was shooting with uh, Mamiya twin lens reflex cameras at the time early on. And there's a special filter and you have to take a picture, block off like I would take it in the bottom left of the ceremony, blocking up the top right. And then I'd have to recock the shutter physically, mm-hmm. put that camera away and wait until I could get mm-hmm. the bride and groom on the altar and take that other one. Mm-hmm. And some people mm-hmm. were having the labs do um, the catchphrase we used was the brides and the brandy snifter, where they had mm-hmm. like a photograph of something from the reception and then they float a picture and one day it was Uh like like um like tara you know the gone with the wind scarlet Uh o'hara as god Uh is my witness i'll never Uh do double exposures again (laughs) yes and then and also people weren't doing outdoor photography much at the time Uh with brides and grooms and candidates very much and i was like I love the outdoor work. I'm going to do more portraits. I'm going to of natural light and scenic and big, beautiful things. So yeah, that was one of my first, like, Mm -hmm. that's it. Not doing it. I don't care. Everybody else should. So I love that. Um, Anything else on permission mindset? 
You know, I think it's one that um, moms struggle with a lot. Yeah. Um, and especially now in the pandemic, I was just reading an article in the New York Times about how moms have super taken the brunt of the pandemic. Um, mm. Even when moms are equal breadwinners or even when both parents are working, moms still do ma- the majority of house chores or parenting. And so um, to stand up and say, you know what, my career is just as valid as that of my spouse's. And I have permission to seek childcare so that I can go to work and work without interruption. And that's hard this year. I get it. The pandemic has made childcare very difficult to come by for many reasons. Um, But when in a non-pandemic year, or as we continue to learn to live this life where we figure things out anyway in a pandemic, um, we can you know, validate our own career and saying it's valid, it's legitimate. I deserve the opportunity to work um, and and not be the responsible parent. I was speaking with a coaching client the other day and um, they had to quarantine because of an exposure situation. And so um, she wasn't going to be able to make it to a call because she was home, her girls were home and her husband was home and he was home working. Um, and so she had to keep the girl's attention Um, her little girl's attention so that um, her husband could work. And my thought was, well, you're also home working. And so what is the difference between your husband being at home working and you being at home working? And, and I know that, and, you know, I don't mean to pick on her, you know, because there are a lot of things that go into it and a lot of um, factors. And I know, uh, again, we choose this business so that we have the opportunity to be available to parent our children and, and have that freedom to do that. Um, but a lot of times I think women feel that they have to bear that burden. Um, and perhaps because husbands tend to be the, um, majority breadwinner, but in my opinion, of course, they're making more money if they're allowed to work uninterrupted. And so what would happen if we gave ourselves permission to have the same, um, validation in our careers as our husbands as men. So this is my feminist rant. You know, if, if women were allowed the same, um, I can only imagine that, um, we would be equal or higher breadwinners and the tables would flip a little bit. And so to stand up and validate that and to ask, you know, not ask permission, but to give ourselves permission to say so, and to grab hold of that career as a creative business owner and, uh, demand what we deserve is, is kind of the idea behind the permission mindset as well. Right. So I have had combination of men and women that I have coached in business. And interestingly to me, cause I like to kind of do it overview of like, huh, what do these things have in common? Frequently mm-hmm. the men who have hired me are the stay at home dads. And the wives are the breadwinners and they have some of those same challenges because they're trying to build mm-hmm. a creative business. They've agreed mm-hmm. to be more of the stay at home while their spouse mm-hmm. is working. And mm-hmm. I find they have some of those same challenges of yeah. like, well, I can't, I've got to drive my kids here or there. So I don't have time to right. go meet with that person or you know, whatever it would take. So I don't think it's just a woman's issue, but it is surprising to me having been really involved in the women's equality issues Mm -hmm. years ago that we're still, it's, it's like in our DNA. And I think it's going to take a while to keep 
that shifting. I've seen so much progress. And at the same time, I think maybe because we birth them, that that mm-hmm. might be <laughs> something that's a little, a little natural to, or something. I don't know what it is in our, in our DNA, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that you bring it up though. Cause it is, um, it isn't exclusive to women. It happens, I think more often to women, but it's, yeah. it's really working parents in general. Um, and it's, um, work parents who are working in a creative field or working for themselves. And that's what we have to validate. We have to validate those creative careers and say, even though it happens to be something, you know, like photography or an artist or a wedding planner or anything that is not a quote unquote regular job, it's still, a real thing and it's still an amazing yeah. career to have and it's as deserving of boundaries and validation as any other job absolutely um something that i find really natural in creative careers is we're making something like we did as a kid mm-hmm. something creative and then we're offering it to somebody and saying do you like it do you want mm-hmm. it um how can we separate like that i I don't know about you. Do you agree that that is a particular challenge with the creative yeah, and selling it our work? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, because we are so attached to our work. We've poured a lot of our heart and soul and creative and emotional energy into our work. And so to do that and then to hand it off is, or to hope that we can hand it off and build a business and a you know, profitable business from it, I think is, is hard. Yeah. Um, because we can't often separate ourselves out. Um, but that's, you know, that's, I think the biggest challenge that um, presents to creative business owners. But any tips on how to um, be able to sell our work and separate our own sense of self or self-esteem or, you know, I'm worthy or whatever from whether they like it or not. Maybe you've already said that. Yeah. Well, I think, again, it goes back to that Mm -hmm. self-awareness and knowing what um, is hard for us in particular, because it's going to be different for everybody. The answer is going to be different for everybody. And there's no right or wrong answer. um, But to just be aware, to know what the information is for ourselves and why we struggle with it and um, what kind of fears or or guilt or whatever that we're dealing with and to say, okay, I'm going to choose to Um, be intentional about this. I'm going to choose to focus on my values and I'm going to choose to continue to move forward even when this gets hard. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Uh, For me, being able to separate that what I'm selling somebody is not really, well, what they're buying from me is not my art with Mm -hmm. people, photography, they're buying themselves. Mm -hmm. So if they choose, you know, they love this over that, it isn't about me having created something worthy. It's about their, right. their kind of self-value. And um, yeah, and, it, and yeah. that is a journey that grows when you, that's one of the reasons I love selling in person is mm-hmm. I get the feedback. So I get the hugs yes. and the laughter and the tears and the, the quietness when they see an image that just doesn't move them. And that mm-hmm. helps me see it more as a product and not, be so personally attached. And also it helps my work get better because I see what they buy individually. Mm -hmm. Then if I wasn't Mm -hmm. selling it, how do I know what they would spend 10 grand on if I was just giving them everything for 10 grand or what, you know, whatever you might be selling them. 
because it's not about the money. So anywho, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of the IPS besides that. I think I get more money in my pocket doing it that way. Okay. Let's see. Was there any, so I think we have basically touched on the, the beyond the career mom and the permission mindset that those are kind of combined to you. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea of the permission mindset. You know, I can give myself permission to have identity other than mom. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of creative women struggle with is they have to be mom only or mom first Mm -hmm. and they don't give themselves any space to um, be themselves or to um, be a business owner or to be a creative or to be a photographer Mm -hmm. Or to be a friend or a wife or whatever other identities we have they're all valid all parts of our identity are valid and we're allowed to um, give space to all of them and um, i think there is a big um, that's just how it is kind of idea that dismisses the stress of motherhood yeah um, and i say you know what it doesn't have to be like that we can right. choose um to um, say, okay, this is hard and I need something. I need a rest. I need a break. I need help. I need to shift the balance, whatever it is so that it makes it easier for me. Um, so I can allow space for the best version of myself to show up in all areas of my life, including motherhood. Yes. And everybody wins. So step right. one for everybody listening, women and awareness get no myself, my step one of action step hire Uh a housekeeper. Ain't Uh, nobody got time to vacuum and change their sheets. And so for, and such, if you've got a business that you're running, if you Mm -hmm. think of hundred dollars an hour is mm, kind of for someone who is going to be full-time, it's easy to show that your time is worth at least a hundred dollars an hour. So if you're paying Mm -hmm. somebody 15, 20, $25 an hour, to clean your house uh like that's easier than let's say hiring somebody to do your retouching or something yeah uh, now some people doing housework is meditative and it actually yeah. is nurturing for them yeah. but uh, you gotta still, do what works for you yes but it's a that's an easy place to take some stuff off your plate and uh kind of get in the habit of having that permission mindset is permission not to have to do daily chores that someone else actually needs the money too. So you have more time to make more money and you're contributing to someone else's financial well-being. So that's right. um, Gosh, I wish, no, I look forward to (laughs) hanging out with you in real life, maybe at a convention or something. Remind um, me where you're located. I'm in San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Yes. And I always go to the PPA expos. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I feel like we could just hang out and chat forever. So this was probably I like to talk for sure. <laughs> me too. Well, and but your perspective is so rich and, and clear and powerful. Thank on you. all of this that, um, yeah, I'm sure that people are going to love this and they're going to listen again because there's so many gems in here. So I have two questions for you. One is how do we get in touch with you? And I know you have something special to help people set yeah. boundaries. So, yeah. 
So um, the best way to get in touch with me is through my Instagram. Um, I'm at Jenna Henderson photo on Instagram. And I love hanging out there. I love to have a lot of fun on Instagram. So um, I'm, I'm making fun reels and I'm posting, I'm trying to post valuable information as much as possible um, and stories. And you can really get to know me, but just DM me if you love this podcast and, and you want to get in touch with me directly, just DM me on Instagram and, and let's connect. And then I've got an offer right now. Um, if boundaries are something that are difficult for you, if finding the words for how to say no or how to set a boundary is hard, I have um, developed what I call the boundary compass. And it is a step-by-step formula, um, plug and play formula for literally coming up with the phrasing and the words for how to communicate your boundaries to your clients. Mm. So that's available in my shop. Yeah, that's jennaclicks.com slash slash shop and you can find it and a couple other resources in there as well great so i'll have the direct link in the show notes which you can find on the profitable photographer podcast website or wherever and i kind of blew through that web address it's jenna clicks clicks like the clicky camera (laughs) (laughs) c-l-i-c-k.com i love it a clicky camera all right so my last question what do you want either to be sure that people come away with, or is there something you haven't shared that you want to be sure that, that you share with people? Like what's your, what's your Um, final word? My final word, you know, in this life, I just want you to have the life that you've always wanted to have. And that means you got to do you, you know, focus on your own values, focus on your own journey, focus on your own wishes and needs and wants and dreams and be intentional about it and have some fun along the way. That's what I hope people come away with. I love fun is one of my core values, fun and authenticity and family and adventure and peace. Um, Those are all values of mine. And so whatever I can do on a daily basis to seek that out intentionally, I'm going to do it. So that's what I would love to encourage you to do as well within your own business, figure out what that is for you and then go after it. I love it. That's like not the final word. That's the word of new beginnings. <laughs> yeah. So, there you oh, go. So before I say goodbye to Jenna, just a reminder that I will have the wrap up following this and that you can find me in that new iPhone. Why can't I remember the clubhouse chat? clubhouse? Yeah. Cat house club room. <laughs> yeah. Clubhouse, just Lucy Dumas. And also lucydumascoaching.com. I have a download. You can email me with questions or if you want to connect one-on-one. And also please subscribe, review, share this with your friends because sharing is caring. (laughs) That's right. All right. Thank you, Jenna. So, so much. Thanks so much, Lucy. This was a blast. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye for now. Gosh, I really love that conversation with Jenna Henderson. And I love how she helps people understand how to strategize their lives in a way that actually they're having the good life in many ways and success. So we talked about a couple things. One is boundaries. One is permission mindset. And within that was also the mom struggle. And sometimes it's the dad, but uh, particularly the mom struggle to balance the professional life with the at-home joys and challenges. So talking about boundaries, she said that sometimes the lines get blurred and there are 
four places where she um, pinpointed where we can have boundaries. One is with time. So keeping a schedule that works for us and not doing business on those times when we're supposed to be having our life. Her particular one was Sundays. She doesn't work on Sundays 99% of the time. And I think that's a great boundary. I used to not work on Mondays because if I did a wedding on Saturday, I was recovering on Sunday and I needed Monday to recharge and have artist dates and relationship with my boyfriend at the time and all that good stuff. And there's a space boundary. So finding space if we're in our home where this is our workspace and when we're there, we're working, carving out that space. And then when we're not finding that time and place where we're resting and recharging. She also talked about emotional boundaries and we went into a lot of things. I did a little true confession about having had people in my life that couldn't set their own boundaries and then creating a lot of resentment rather than just, you know, it's a gift to tell people who you are and what you need. It's not an imposition. We talked about how that emotional boundary realm is about managing expectations and self-awareness, positioning ourselves in a leadership role with clients, and then energy boundaries and allowing ourselves to not just get fragmented everywhere. And I really love that permission mindset idea that we are allowed to do whatever we want. So instead of the should, it's the could, I could do that rather than I should do that. And she shared that, you know, moms struggle with this a lot. A lot of people struggle with this a lot. You see what everyone else is doing and think that's how you're supposed to do it. Or you have like, this happens with me. I have ideas and I think I need to be doing all of my ideas. Well, I'm an idea person. <laughs> it's just the way my brain works. So for me, sometimes the challenge is in narrowing down to what is serving me right now. What are my goals? What's important? Focus on that and let those ideas flow. You know, I might write them down or something, but um, keep attention to where I am growing something or accomplishing something. So that was it for now. And I really, 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 really appreciate you all. Hope that wherever you are, either spring is starting to unfold or fall is starting to happen and be beautiful. I know people that are in the North, you're like, what? Spring? March? We don't get it till May, but... <laughs> Anyway, spring in our hearts. Let's do that. Um, sending a big old hug all around the world. And thank you again for just being a part of this community and making it so fun to share. All right. Until next time. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.